Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in loving memory of Maryam Zara Allah Shalom, Lilun Nishman Miriam, Bat Shamsi, and Moshe Haim. Alehem uh, Shalom on her Askara. Sponsored by her grandson Emmanuel Zara. As well, Breakfast in the Class is dedicated for the Fuashima Binyamin Min Sultana, sponsored anonymously. And dedicated in loving memory of Sharon Batesh Alea Shalom Lilunishmat, Sharon Bat Sarah, sponsored by Stephen and Rebecca Batesh. And the week of Cobra was sponsored by James Haddad in honor of Rabbi Farhi's legendary dance moves on full display at the Syed Haddad wedding. I have to say, I'm not quitting my day job. <laughs> Number one. Number two, uh, you'll see actually that uh, Hashem operates in mysterious ways because the class today is going to be related to the, to the sponsorship that he made. That's very interesting. Okay, let us begin. Hazaku Baruch and Mabruk and Mazal Tov uh, on this magnificent occasion, this uh, wonderful wedding uh, that lifted us all into the, into the highest heights. We should be, we should merit, we should be zocheh to celebrate at the weddings of each and every one of the people that join us in the shiur, whether live or online, to be zocheh to celebrate tahat chupatam and to be there as they set up their beautiful uh, families and of course come here to give us yeishim. Okay, the pasuk says, im telechu, if you follow in my ways, bechukotai telechu. Now, this idea is something which is very interesting because the word telechu is a strange word to use when you're talking about a mitzvah, a commandment. Normally you would say, you would keep a commandment. You would listen to a commandment. What does it mean you will walk in a commandment? And so much ink has been spilled on this concept. Let me just give you an example. One idea relates to the concept that the idea, the concept, the corpus of Jewish law is called halakha. We call the laws that we keep halakha to illustrate and to indicate that a true Torah Jew, the laws of the Torah, they travel with you. Wherever you go, whatever you're going through, whether you're home or away, yes, the laws of kosher apply even on your vacation and your honeymoon, okay? The laws of, of carrying on Shabbat are relevant in here and in Bora Bora, okay? There's no halakha that you're not allowed to be bored. Bora Bora, as we say, bored is Rishut Rabim. So you still have the concepts of Rishut Rabim even in these far-flung places, right? Halakha, that's one answer that they give. Another answer that they give, a second answer, we're going to focus on the third one. The second answer that they give is that a person who keeps Torah should be a person who is moving with the Torah that he studies. So in other words, it's not something that he pauses, that he is, is not a chilek, an absolute integral part of his life, but rather he takes the Torah with him. Not that the laws apply in different places, but that the idea of the Torah is that it permeates his soul. It's not something that exists in a static place, is a second idea. My friends, today I want to speak about the third interpretation in this Pasuk. And to do that, I'm going to quote the words of the Mishnah, of the Midrash. The Midrash says as follows, a fascinating Midrash. Which means, David HaMelech says, I considered my ways, I thought of my ways, 
ve'ashiva ragli, and my my legs returned me el edotecha to your statutes, to your testimonies. Amar David, David Amelech says, Ribono shel olam, master of the world, b'chol yom v'yom, every single day, ha'iti mechashev ve'omer. I would think and say to myself, I'm going to this place, I'm going to this house, I'm going to the Ranger game, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to, 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 to shop in, uh, in Saks, that's where I'm going. That's what my plan is for today. The itinerary is, I'm going here, I'm going there, I'm going to all these different places. And my legs would bring me to synagogues, at the places of Torah study. That's what it means when it says, David HaMelech would plan to go everywhere else in the world. But what would happen? His legs would take him to the Knis. His legs would take him to Yeshiva. The Hida asks an amazing question. You look at this Midrash and you think to yourself, wow, David HaMelech, unbelievable. He plans to go everywhere and his legs, like they have a mind of their own, they take him to the right places. Right? It's so interesting when you read these, uh, you read these Midrashim, you start to realize deep truths about human nature that otherwise you never would have considered. Okay? On a surface level, what's the Midrash telling us? It's telling us that David had created muscle memory. His legs had gone so many times to Beit Knesset, so many times to Shul, that even when he decided to go other places, what happened? His legs would take him to Shul. Now, by the way, You'll know this is a thing. Muscle memory is a thing. It's why when you go to self-defense classes, they have you punch 50 times a row like this. And what happens? Then you get mugged because we're living in a city run by Democrats, right? You get mugged, so what happens, right? You don't even think. You don't even wait one second. Punch the guy in the face. You, there's not, there's no space because you've done it so many times that when someone comes and gives you the, your brain doesn't even need to engage and think you faint to the left or to the right eh, bam punch back that's how it works you created muscle memory so the midrash is telling us on the surface level that david amelech had created a habit that was so powerful that even when he did not plan to go to shul his legs took him there anyway by the way you have this all the time. And I'm, this is a shout out to all the moms out there that drive their kids to school. And you don't have to admit this to anybody, but we all know the secret, that there's times you get in your car, you're so tired, you were supposed to go to 7-Eleven or get bagels or whatever, and where do you find yourself after three minutes of driving? In front of your kid's school. Happens to people all the time. They zone out as to where they were going, they forget, the muscle memory takes over. And where do they go? They go to the school route that they do every single morning. The first idea we're supposed to understand from this, from this midrash is that a person could create a habit 
by repetition. You do something enough times, what happens? It becomes a part of your daily routine. You don't even have to think about it. So many people tell me that, Rabbi, you know, I never really came to shul with the same consistency before I had to say Kaddish. But then I came Kaddish, Shaharit min Harabit, a year straight. You know what happened? At the end of the year, if I didn't go to shul, it felt like something was wrong. It felt like something was missing. That is this idea. I said I'm going here, I said I'm going there. I wound up in the shul. I did it again and again and again. My friends, this is one of the reasons why we say, Kavata itim la Torah, a person has to have set times for Torah. Because you know what? What, what I have to learn an hour today, an hour tomorrow, an hour? I'll learn seven hours on Shabbat. Leave me alone, Rabbi, during the week. Seven hours, I got nothing to do. The whole Shabbat afternoon, the whole Friday night. The answer is, a lot of concentrated effort is not the same as a daily repetitive habit. So if you teach yourself to learn every day, then what happens is you learn, you learn to learn. If you learn a lot every once in a while, you don't create the habit by doing it one time. Rambam says the same thing about giving tzedakah. You have a choice to give $1,000 to one person or to give 1,000 people $1. Give 1,000 people a dollar because you will have trained your hand to go into your pocket. There was once a rabbi, you met a guy um, and he sees the guy, you know, stingy guy, he never helps anybody, he never gives any tzedakah, no matter how many, he has millions and billions of dollars. The guy never gave a penny to tzedakah in his life. One day, but he's very religious, you know, one of those guys. He sees the guy, it's right before Pesach, he's standing in front of his house and he has his pants out there and he's turning the pockets inside out and he's uh, shaking them into the wind because he's checking them for hametz. And the rabbi says, you don't have to check your pockets for hametz. The guy says, really? He says, yeah, the Mishnah says a person has an obligation to check ad makom maga to a place that his hand reaches. You don't got to check your pockets. You never reach the hand in your pockets. Some people have deep pockets, like they say, and short arms. Okay? So unfortunately, in a case like that, right, the guy didn't learn to do that movement. And I want to share with you something, because I think this is important. I don't know if any of you has ever done one of these things like yoga. Right? You don't think a rabbi would ever do yoga. And you'd be right, I don't do yoga. Okay? <laughs> But one time, my back was killing me, and this guy came to try and help me so I could get up, so I could give classes and go to... Sh- the guy's beating me up. It's amazing. Only thing in the world, in massage, is you give someone money to put you in pain. Right? And the guy's sitting there, he's leaves elbows, he's punching, I don't know. Right? I couldn't decide if I should pay him or sue him. <laughs> Finally, he finishes, he tells me, okay, stand up, we're going to do some yoga now. I was like, you didn't torture me enough? Fick me back. Tell him stand like this, put your arm over here, right? Do, do this, put your legs stand like that, bend over here. All I was doing, by the way, was standing. The fi- minute I finished with this yoga, I was never in so much pain. Before, only my back was killing. Now my arms are killing, my legs are killing, my shoulders are killing, my neck is killing. I didn't run, I didn't jump, I didn't, you know, dig holes with a shovel. He just told me, stand like this. You know what the answer is? 
When you stand in positions that you've never stood, when your muscles are doing moves that they've never done, you ever have that? Where you're doing an exercise for the first time, you find, you feel muscles that you never even knew you had. Skiing. If you don't go skiing for a while, all of a sudden you start feeling these muscles along the side of the top of your, of your hips. Because all of a sudden you're having these strong movements pushing against the, you know, as you're making those turns, you find muscles. That's the point, my friends. When a muscle isn't used, and then it needs to be used, it's painful. Until you train your arms to do the motion of reaching in your pocket, it's painful. A guy came to me and he said, you know, Rabbi, I tried to go to the class, the Gemara class, I find it very difficult. He says, I don't think I'm going to come. I think I'm going to go to, you know, there's other classes I enjoy more. Don't worry, it wasn't me taking it personally. He comes to my other classes. It wasn't like he was telling me I'm ditching you. He was telling me I'm coming down. I'm just not coming to Gemara class. I said to him, if it hurts, that's how you know you need to stay. Because it means that that part of your brain is just not engaged. It doesn't work. It's not been working this way. That means that you need to learn Gemara. If you don't like it, it means that that's an area you're deficient in. It's causing, it's difficult, it's causing you pain. So we learn from this Midrash, the idea that David HaMelech is communicating that if you do something enough, then even when you don't have the intention to do that thing, your body will help you. Your neshama, your heart that, that's been exercised to do something enough times it will change it. We have this interesting uh, concept in Halakha. In Halakha, when we change from Mashima Ruch Geshem, so what happens if a person, when a person's praying, they don't know what they said. What do we say? First 30 days, we assume 100% you said the other thing. Now let me be clear. It's not that we're not sure what you said. So we just kind of think, you know what? Probably, probably you said the wrong thing. Because you're used to saying it. Six months a year, you're saying Mashiva Ruach. Six months a year, saying Murid Atal. So after six months, you've been saying it. Until you learn to change over, probably you did the other thing. No, probably. Because if it was probably, what would we say? Safek brachot leakel. If we're not sure, we don't allow you to make one bracha. We're not, definitely not allowing you to make 19 new ones. We know for sure what you did. You know why? Because you will for sure be doing what your habit tells you to do. Al-Chachamim explained that 30 days of uprooting a habit, now we know that you've done something different. So try it. 30 days. You have a bad habit, break it 30 days in a row. You're angry, Break it 30 days in a row. Control. After 30 days, already you will have created a new reality where when your body is unsure what to do, your brain will say, we've been down this pathway before. This is the result. The result is you're in this situation, you don't get angry. The result is you're in this situation, you go to shul. You're in this situation, you don't speak Lashonara. One of the nicest things I heard was I was walking down the street and a woman came up to me and she said, I want to tell you, the class changed my life. I said, wow, that's very nice, amazing. 
She says, no, you don't understand what you mean. Not because of the class. I was like, thank you. <laughs> you know what she said? I started listening to the class. I listened every day. And then you started speaking about Lashon Ara. And you said that sometimes the challenge is in being with people that are always speaking Lashon Ara. And, and there the Nisayon is not Okay, I'm stopping to speak Lashon because if you're with a group of people that are speaking Lashon all the time, the likelihood of you succeeding at that is zero. So what is Hashem asking from you? What is God asking from you in that scenario? God is asking for you to find new people to hang out with. God is asking for you not to be at going out to that restaurant every Wednesday night with your, with your girls. Not to go on that run with the boys when you talk about all sorts of you know, negative things about other people. Recognize that and then step out. She said, I now go on a walk without uh, the people. I now, I'm not in the same group of people that speak juicy lashonara. She said, I listened to your class. Your class changed my life. Not because of the class. But because now what she does on her walk is listen to the class instead of speaking lashonara. I was like, look, if that alone is the good of the class, there was a guy who came once at Chafetz Chaim, and he says, you know, I'm giving a class every week, 300 people come to the class. He says, but not one of them is taking it in. I feel like I'm wasting my time. No one is learning anything. They sit there. They're quiet. They, but they're not, they're not changing, Rabbi. I'm not seeing the people change. Because I feel like I should just give up. Cancel the shiur. The Chafetz Chaim says, are you crazy? Who cares if they're not taking anything in? 200 people for one hour are not speaking Lashon Ara. Do you know what kind of sakhar you get for that? I was thinking, so if you're a really smart rabbi, you make sure that you're really boring and you put them to sleep. That way there's no chance that they even whisper Lashon Ara. I think some rabbis took my advice uh, in their classes. Okay, so my friends, I want to wrap this up with one last very interesting idea about this midrash. And that is a question of the Chida that we started with. The Chida asks on this Midrash, pay attention to what David HaMelech says. David HaMelech says, Ribono Olam, Every day I would think and I would say, ploni, ploni I'm going to Saks Fifth Avenue. <clears throat> going to Gindi's house. You know, I'm going to the basketball game. I'm going to the Yankees. I'm going uh, skiing. I'm going wherever. And my legs would take me to the Bet Midrash. Ask the Chida what there was never a day that David HaMelech just was going to go to Shul. Bichol yom yom. There was never a day David HaMelech was like, you know, I really should learn something. What does that mean? Every day he was, his, his failed plan, his plan B came to fruition, he never wanted to go to shul, he never wanted to go to learn, answers the chidah something that will blow your mind. The chidah answers according to Gemara and Sanhedrin, on daf chafvav, amud bet. Amar ula, machshava mo'elet afil divrei Torah. What do those words mean? The thought helps even for words of Torah. Rashi explains. A person thinks the thought. 
You know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to get that. Mo'elet lahashbita davar. That alone is enough to destroy the thing you want to do. Let me explain, because this is very powerful. Says Rashi, let me explain. Kegona Omer. If someone says, by next Wednesday, asayim kach vekach masechtot gemarot. I'm going to learn this amount of gemarot. By next Thursday, by next year, I'm going to give a hundred dollars to Dakar. All these different things that the guy says out of his mouth that he's going to do. That alone is enough to destroy the thing that he wants to do. Saying it out of your mouth will make it much less likely that you'll do it. Why? In the Sefer Binale Aitim, he writes, Amrua Kadmonimzal. Our uh, ancient forefathers taught us. A person should be careful not to say out of his mouth. The good things that he has in his heart to do. Don't say I'm going to do this mitzvah today. Don't say I'm going to learn five pirakim today. For it is a surefire segula. You said it out of your mouth. You don't do the mitzvah. You said it out of your mouth, you don't do the learning. Why? The the angels that are meant to get in your way to stop you from doing mitzvot, now they know your plans. They set up roadblocks, they stop you from doing, they make sure you don't get there, they make sure that the class gets canceled. The angels now, they know your plans. You told them. But the malachim do not know the thoughts of your heart. Once you've said it out of your mouth, they know it. According to this, he explains the Mishnah and Avot. The Mishnah and Avot says, Al Don't say, you know, when I have free time, I'm going to study. Maybe you won't be free. Normally, we learn that as an idea within procrastination. Like, don't say, when I'll be free, I'll learn, because maybe you won't get free. Things will come up. But according to this, we're saying, don't say it. Because if you said it, that alone will give the Yetzirah the opportunity to sabotage your efforts. Because now he knows what you're planning on doing. So this is what it means. David HaMelech, every morning, what did he get up and say? He would get up and he would say, do you know what? Where am I going to go today? I'm going to Yankee game. Yetzirah is like, Yankee game? I'm in, let's go. He doesn't keep him sleeping. He doesn't keep him tired. The minute David HaMelech would say where he was going, the Yetzirah now is the koach to try and stop him. So therefore, every day of his life, David HaMelech never broadcast from his mouth any mitzvah that he intended on doing. Now the Chida, he explains a few different interesting Ma'amare Chazal based on this concept. We're all familiar with the idea, say a little, do a lot. Most of us think that's about under-promising and over-delivering. We've spoken about that in the past. Says the Chida, so that you could do harbe. Say a little so that you could do a lot. Because the more you talk about what you're going to do, the less chance it has of happening. That's why our rabbis told us, emor ma'at, so that you could do harbeh. Now, 
I don't know if you know, there's lots of people that you get to meet in your life that are always talking about things they're going to do. Do this, I'm going to build that, I'm going to go here, I'm going to do that. And they never deliver. And we think about these people that they make all these empty promises and they never keep and they never deliver on their word. But now we're learning a very deep secret. And the secret is, my friends, that the reason maybe why they're not delivering is because of how much they talk about what they're going to do. And if they were to say less about what they would do, then maybe they have a better chance of completing on it. The Hidak continues and he says, Shulamu HaMelech says, Amarti I said I would be wise. And it was far from me. Says the Chida, you know why wisdom was far? Because he said, Amarti Shouldn't have said it with your mouth. You shouldn't have expressed it. Keep your mouth shut. Just do. The biggest doers that you ever meet in the community are with people that don't talk so much. If you need an example of how true this is, he's standing in the corner. The guy who does more for this shul than anybody is Haron. How much does Haron talk? Almost not at all. There was a sighting of him talking in 1990, but it was uncorroborated. There's an article in the National Enquirer about Haron speaking loudly about himself, but most uh, scholars believe that that was fabricated, okay? Do you understand this? The more you talk, the less chance it has of coming true. Now I want to point this out. It's not only in Inyanim of Kiddushah, it's also in other things too. If a person is a Baal Tzedakah, and he has business dealings. And he does good things with his money. Yetzirah wants that guy to have money or doesn't want him to have money? What do you think? A guy who's going to do mitzvot with his money. Does the Yetzirah want him to have money or not? He doesn't. I'd rather give the money to the guy who's not going to give a dime to anybody. To the guy who's patur for checking for chametz in his pockets. That's who Yetzirah would rather give it to, right? What we're learning from here is then, don't tell Yetzirah about your business dealings either. You talk about buying something, buying a building, da 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 Just go and act on the things that you know you need to do. Because the more you talk about it, the less chance it has of, of coming to fruition. What a magnificent concept we're learning here from David HaMelech. Says the Pasuk, Im if, when my, if it comes to my mitzvot, and like David HaMelech, Telechu, you just go. You don't mention where you're going first. You don't tell Siri or, uh, or Google, you know, take me to the Beit Midrash. <laughs> right? You don't mention anything. You just turn up. It's a very different ball game. All of a sudden, you'll find that impediments that you had in doing mitzvot they just stop cropping up. Because you know what? If you didn't tell the Yetzirah where you were going, how could he prepare the correct roadblocks? Hashem should bless us to learn these secrets about our Avodat Hashem, about creating muscle memory, about not saying things out loud, not telling people, speaking about what you're going to do, about acting more than speaking. 
all these lessons, and thereby our avodat Hashem will be increased and will be developed uh, a thousandfold. Baruch Adonai Amen.